Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to continue where we left off last time. Hallelujah. And uh, remember again, we're talking about faith and patience. It's a mini-series. I didn't uh, expect it to go this long, but anyway, uh, this is how long it's going to go. All right, in Hebrews chapter 10, let me begin by reading verses 35 and 36, because those are our foundational scriptures. Uh, that's where the writer of Hebrews says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Remember again that he's talking about faith. Uh, and because he goes and says, which has great recompense of reward, which ties in to what he's going to say in Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so again, he says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. And remember again, it says great recompense of reward, not just a reward. And he goes and says in verse 36, and this is the verse that we're focusing in on. He says, for you have need of patience. You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God. Remember again that you need to make sure that you have done the will of God. That comes through prayer and so on. I've dealt with this before, so I'm not going to deal with it again because I want to get on to where we left off last time. So he says again that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So we need to understand that we need patience in order to receive the promises of God. Amen. And all the promises that are in the Bible. Amen. And there, there's so many of them covering every area of our life. But notice that, again, in order to receive the promise, we do need both faith and patience. Now, last time we were looking at uh, due season, appointed time. And uh, I got to uh, Psalm 1 and verse 3. Remember, we talked about Joseph. Again, I'm not going to go through anything that I talked about last time because this is all uh, taped and on, online, and so you can, uh, not taped, <laughs> you see how old I am, right? Uh, it, it was all recorded and put online, and uh, so you can, you, you know, I, I want you to be able to watch that and get straight onto this and move forward from there, so this is why I'm doing it this way. Uh, we left at Psalm 1 and verse 3. I want to go back to that and pick up from there, because we talked about season, a due season, and uh, here in Psalm 1 and verse 3, it says he or she, talking about you and me, shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. I want you to see those words, in its season, which means that no matter how, <laughs> okay, desperate, uh, no matter how, uh, I, I'm trying to think of all the different words, but okay, how, how rushed we, we want God to come and do something at a certain time, until the season is right, it's not going to turn up, <laughs> okay? And we need to be okay with seasons. And there are seasons in our life, family, uh, that we are going to go through, that in each season there is a fruit, you know, you are a, you are a very in, interesting tree in that you produce different kinds of fruits in different kinds of seasons or, or different seasons. And uh, you need to understand that, that each season has its own fruit. And I want you to notice that it says, I know it's talking about a normal tree here, uh, but I think there's a tree in heaven that e each month or every season, it has a different fruit appear on it. And you know what? That's the kind of tree you are, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. But he's talking about natural trees that even in, nat in nature, we know that, you know, you can't expect fruit from a tree in the wrong season. Are you all with me? Amen? If it's meant to, you know, fruit in the summer, you're not going to get anything in the winter. No matter how much you want it, it's not going to turn up. So, again, we need to understand this concept of seasons uh, and appointed times. Uh, let me take you to a, a few other scriptures. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. You know, if you were to look at the way God created our universe, He designed everything to, op uh, to operate according to times and seasons. And so why it says here in Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. 
Did you hear that? It says, listen again, it is Ecclesiastes 3.1. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, to everything there is a season. Family, to everything in your life, can I just make it personal to you right now? All right, to everything in your life, there is a season. And you need to, you know, you need to trust God's time on these things and know that when the season is right, Things will begin to appear in your life. Now, the thing is that, you know, you need to do your due diligence as well, all right? And if you are led by the Spirit and you do all the things that you are meant to be doing, then when the season comes around, you will bear fruit. Hallelujah. Things will just start to manifest in your life, and uh, it's just beautiful when that happens. The New American Standard simply uh, Bible, (laughs) let me say it again, the New American Standard Bible simply says that there is an appointed time for everything. That's where I got the, uh, you know, the other uh, phrase that I use, uh, due season and appointed time. This is where it actually comes from, where it says there is an appointed time for everything. I, I really like that as well. As much as there's a due season, there is an appointed time. And that gives us a little bit more of an insight into the way God you know, is involved in all of these things, that there is an appointed time at which he will say, that is when you are going to receive this. Again, this is based on the fact that you do follow his spirit, that you are led by the spirit, that you follow his, uh, you know, whatever his instructions are for you to do, and that you're doing all the things that you are meant to do so that at the appointed time, you will receive the blessing that he has planned for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, if, if your due season or your appointed time seems like it's taking a little too long, check and see that you've done everything that God has asked you to do. Amen. Just go back and check with God. I don't know how many times I've done that with God. And, you know, I've just thought, Lord, how come something is taking a little bit too long, you know, for something to happen? And uh, he'll remind me of things. You know, he'll, he'll let me know that there were some things that I kind of, you know, let slip. <laughs> do we forget? Okay, sometimes we forget some things. And we just need to go back and do some of those things. And, you know, and, and then everything just gets back on track. And hallelujah. And you can also ask God to help you to get things done a little bit quicker. if Just so that that appointed time isn't pushed back. Amen. Hallelujah. That's really good stuff for you. Okay. Uh, now. I've said here, if we do not know this, if we don't know that there is a due season and an appointed time, that the enemy will play games with our minds and make us think that our prayers weren't answered or you know, our faith wasn't strong enough or we hadn't forgiven someone or you know, we prayed wrong, <laughs> okay, uh, and whatever, just to stop us from believing. Amen? And remember again that it says that after you've done the will of God. So if you weren't sure you'd done the will of God, then he'll play with you on this one. And he'll start, you know, playing games with you and get you to doubt yourself. And then you'll start to begin to doubt all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, sometimes you go back and go, just in case I prayed wrong, God, let me pray again. And all those sort of things start happening. (laughs) You're with me, okay? And you don't want all that to happen in your life, do you? All right. But in fact, it may be that we are right, you know, right on track and in the very center of God's will. Hallelujah. And I'm praying that you are. And we just need to wait on God's time. Uh, whether that's a day or a month or a year right? <laughs> or several years. And why the Apostle Paul says uh, to, to all of us, and that's including himself, in Galatians 6 and verse 9, he says, listen carefully, he says, uh, this is from the King James Version, I've modified it a little bit, just take the these and thous out. He says, let us not be weary in well-doing. Listen to this, he says, let us not be weary 
in well-doing. You know, sometimes we get to the place where we go, oh my gosh, I'm just tired, <laughs> okay, of doing everything. Just, I feel like I'm doing everything right and then nothing is happening and I'm just getting tired of always, you know, other people just do whatever they want and, and, and you know, I, I want to do that myself. Listen to me. That's not good. Whatever you sow, you'll reap, <laughs> okay? So you, be, you make sure that you're sowing and that you don't get weary in doing the right thing, in sowing good seed. Hallelujah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because there is a universal judge. And can I say this to you? People who think they get away with things don't. Somewhere down the, down the road in their life, you know, things just start falling apart. And then they're going, God, what's going on? And it's kind of like, you sowed some bad seeds, man. You know, it's going to come up. You know, start praying for a crop failure. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> All right. So, you know, that's why the you know, Apostle Paul says here, don't get weary in well-doing. Keep doing the right thing and don't ever stop. Amen? All right. So he goes on to say, let us not uh, be weary in well-doing for, watch this, in due season. In due season, we shall reap if we uh, faint not or do not lose heart or do not give up. I really like those things, that we don't lose heart or don't give up. Amen? That we will reap if we don't lose heart. See, again, it comes back to some people just lose heart. Just, you know, they just think, I don't know how long I can keep this up or whatever it is. See, this is where you need patience. This is where you need to have the attitude of however long this takes, you know, I'll just be there. I'll just keep doing it. And can I just say this? Don't just do good things so that, you know, so that you can uh, kind of get brownie points with God. Do it because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> okay? You need to have, it needs to be a part of your life. Not, not something that you just do occasionally, but it needs to be something that is a part of you. That, you know, that doing something else would be uh, damaging or, or, or uh, painful to you. That, you know, the way you've designed, the way you are uh, leading your life, the way you live your life before God, that, you know, what makes you the happiest is to do what is right. And can I just say that that in itself is a blessing. There's a blessing attached to that. Amen. Amen. Oh, hopefully I didn't need to convince you on that one. All right. William Hendrickson points out that well-doing requires continued effort. Pause for effect. <laughs> okay? Listen, well-doing, again he says, well-doing requires continued effort. It's not a one-time deal, it's continued effort. And he says, constant Toil. Oh, we don't like that word, do we? <laughs> okay. I am thinking right now uh, some, some of the uh, students are, are preparing for, you know, the HSC and, and so on and so forth. And you know what? You know, there, there are those that would just have studied all through and, you know, they're in a place where because they, they didn't get weary in well-doing, you know, when it comes to the time, you know, they're not trying to learn everything from, from, you know, from the ground up. They just need to remember all the things that they already know. Amen. And that's the way we need to be as well. We need to continually prepare. We need to continually be meditating on the word. We need to be finding scriptures and letting God lead us to things when we don't need it so that when we do need it, it's already there. You know, if you don't put it when you don't need it, it won't be there when you do. <laughs> Is that a revelation to you? Okay, that's why you don't get weary in well-doing. You always, you'll be consistent in your study, in your time with God and so on and so forth. It will pay off. Hallelujah. And do it while you have time, all right? Don't wait for when you don't have time, and uh, then you're trying to squeeze in all this stuff. So again, it says, uh, he says again, well-doing requires continued effort, constant toil, and I really love this. He says, but human nature, being fond of ease, 
<laughs> lacks staying power and is easily discouraged. And, you know, again, I'm hoping that you're not one of these carnal Christians, okay? But you're one of those spiritual Christians that set your mind on things above, not on things below, okay, on this earth. And so you're not this way. But if you are, maybe this is something you need to hear and you need to fix in your life. Amen. So again, he says, being fond of ease lacks staying power and is easily discouraged. This is especially true when results are not always apparent at once. I want you to hear the last two words at once. You know, these are the people that, people without patience, can I just say this? If it doesn't, you know, if, they, if, if it doesn't turn up straight after they say amen, they're kind of like, well, where is it, God? <laughs> okay, you can't be that way. After you've done the will of God, you need patience. Do you hear me? I really need you to hear this because one of the things that I, I think saddens God, I'm just, I'm taking some liberties here, okay? But I think one of the things that really would sadden God is that if you believed, you received, you prayed, you know, you did a Mark 11:24, all right? And you prayed in faith and you believed and you received when you prayed. Listen to me. And then God begins to move and he will always move. As soon as you pray, he will move, all right? And, and again, according to his word, uh, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 tells us this. All right, we need to be according to his will. But let's say you did all everything right. Remember again, Hebrews says, after you've done the will of God, right? So you prayed correctly, you did it all. God starts to move, and then somewhere along the line, I mean, he's getting it to you. It's almost there. You just kind of go, you know what? I don't know why it's taking so long. And because of that, your mouth, and then you say something silly and dumb, because that's what the enemy is trying to do, because only you can stop what you've started, by the way. And you say, well, I don't think I'm ever going to get it. Boom. That's it. It just drops. And it will just, all the angels just kind of go, okay, we're taking it back. Well, they have to because you said you're not getting it. Do you see what I'm trying to say? This is where you need patience. And patience sometimes, listen, listen, are you listening? <laughs> okay. Sometimes patience means that you shut up. Write those words down, okay? Sometimes patience mean, means that I shut up. I don't say anything. Because, I, I mean, I tell you, the pressure will be on, sweetheart. As soon as you say amen, the devil will start putting pressure on you to try and take it back. Because only you can take it back. Did you hear what I said? Amen? And if he can get you to negate your prayers, then he, he not only stops you from getting what you desire, but he also stops another testimony going forth that might inspire somebody else to believe the way you believed. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me move on. In other words, we must learn to battle our natural tendencies and determine to persevere. We must, see, you are a spirit. You live in a body, you have a soul, okay? You are spirit, soul, and body. Now, one of the things that you need to understand is that the, your spirit was recreated. We know that, okay? Um, there's a whole bunch of scriptures. I think 2 Corinthians 5.17 uh, talks about being a new creation in Christ and so on and so forth. Anyway, uh, we know that you know, once you are born again, your spirit, there's nothing more that need, can be added to, uh, you know, to, to the work of the cross and what Jesus did. So it is absolutely perfect. Your spirit will just worship God automatically because it is a new creation, because all things are of God. All right? Again, that's 2 Corinthians 5.18. 
uh, that, uh, that talks about that. And so, you know, there is that part of you that is always switched on to God, by the way, and always wanting to spend time with God. And also what makes you feel bad when you don't spend time with God, by the way. Okay, anyway, moving on. There is then your soul, which is that part that makes this decisions about which way do we go today. Do we spend time with God or do we do something else? So on and so forth. Then there's your body. Now, between the three of them, all right, the body is the one that came from the ground, which got cursed, which is the problem. <laughs> okay, when it got cursed, sadly, everything that was uh, attached to the earth got cursed along with it. it. And the thing is that once you got saved and born again, your spirit is pulling you towards God. Your body is pulling you towards ease. Did you get that? <laughs> okay. It just doesn't want to do nothing. It just want to sit there and do not eat candy and do just do nothing. All right. And you know, the sad thing is, if you ever let it do what it wants to do, your soul, you become so sad, you become so depressed because it will lead you down a path of destruction. Can I just say this, family? That's why you really need to be led by the Spirit and keep your, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, because that I will guarantee you that it will cause you, you know, your spirits to lift, for joy to come, for you to be happy that you've done something with your life and something that is not just you know, for, for a time down here, but that is eternal. Because the things that God asks you to do have eternal reward uh, and, and uh, eternal consequences. Can I just say that? Amen. All right. Let's get back to this because I got a lot to say and I'm, getting, uh, I'm not getting very far. So in other words, again, we must, we must learn to battle our natural tendencies, determined to persevere and do whatever is required without becoming weary, losing heart and giving up along the way. Hello. All right. Uh, because that's where the blessing is with James chapter 1 and verse 25 saying, he says, but those who look, this is James 1.25, he says, but those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, I want you to know it's not a law of bondage, <laughs> all right? It's a law of liberty, all right? It says, and persevere. Did you see that? And persevere. Being not hearers who forget, but doers who act. This is from the New Revised Standard Version. I really like this version. All right, notice again he says, not hearers who forget, but doers who act. In other words, what you hear, you do. And, you know, you don't just, you know, it, can I say this? Please hear what I'm saying. This is so very important. If you hear something and don't act on it, you will forget it over time. I, I don't know how many times, you know, people have sort of listened to something or somebody has said something. And by the time they get from the, you know, from the bedroom to the kitchen, they forgot what they were meant to be doing. Has it happened to you? <laughs> right? Okay. You know, that, that's where you need to do something, family. I mean, you need to get up and act on the things that God talks, uh, tells you and the things that God reveals to you. Faith requires action, by the way. All right. And you need to do something. You need to be a doer of the word. And I want you to notice, this is not, it doesn't end there. He says again, uh, let me read the whole thing again. All right. Again, he says, but those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty and persevere, being not hearers uh, who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. Why? Because they persevered. Did you get that? They persevered, they heard, they did, and they were blessed. It is the doer of the word that is blessed. And the only way you can become a doer of the word is by persevering, is by not just hearing, but then persevering and doing something with what you've heard. Hallelujah. 
Amen? And then you will be rewarded. You'll be blessed. Hallelujah. The reason that the Apostle James talks about perseverance is because once you pray, and this is one of the things that he talks about. This is not the only thing, but I want to uh, attach it to the, the subject that we're talking about. Once you pray in faith according to the will of God, the devil knows that, again, he can't stop God from bringing about the manifestation, especially when uh, Jeremiah 1.12 I don't know if you know this verse or not. Uh, people in my church, they know this verse. <laughs> okay, Jeremiah 1.12 says, Then the Lord said to me, this is from the New American Standard Bible. It is the one version that does this uh, verse justice and does, you know, bring, makes it so clear. It says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. You know, God is always watching over his word to perform it. Whenever you pray, whenever you base your prayer, especially, and you need to base your prayer on the word of God, okay? Can I say that? Okay? All right. So when you base your prayer on the word of God and you pray, God watches over that word to perform it. He will make sure that it does come to pass. So all the devil can do right now, because, you know, you prayed, he's watching over his word to perform it, and he begins, I told you all this before, he begins to move on your behalf. All the devil can now try and do is to attack you with tests and trials and tribulations and anything to get in the way of what God is doing. Anything to get in the way to compromise your, uh, you know, your confession and your conversation. Did you hear that? Your confession and your conversation. And can I just say, those two things go hand in hand. They, they're tied together with a very short little knot, okay, rope or whatever. Uh, <laughs> because I'll tell you something, what, wherever your confession goes, that's where your conversation will go. Amen. If you are confessing that by his stripes you were healed, for example, and you are just on that, somebody comes and says, how are you feeling? You go... I'm healed in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> okay? Now, they might kind of go, okay. But the thing is, I mean, you may be feeling not well, all right? Uh, but because you've been confessing that, that's where your conversation will go. And, uh, you know, can I just say, you know, if, if there is a believer there with you, just say, agree with me that, you know, I, by his stripes I'm healed. And they'll go, got it. And uh, they know that, you know, obviously you are fighting something and that you are not giving in. You are persevering. And they will help you to persevere. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, don't be one of those people that don't tell nobody nothing, you know, and attack people with the word. Be careful. <laughs> I, I, I learned of somebody that kind of did that. And, uh, you know, I just, I could never do that. I could never bring myself, you know, to, to somebody says, how are you? And go, in Jesus' name, I'm well. Uh, you know, kind of like, you know, you tell him off. And they're kind of going, well, what's wrong with him? You know, fell off the wrong side of the bed or something. Uh, don't do stuff like that, okay? You can be nice. You can be sweet. And you cannot agree with them. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? Uh, especially, you know, you go to doctors and they say, now, you know, this might happen and that might happen. You go, thank you for letting me know. I don't say yes to it. Just say thanks for letting you know. You haven't accepted it. You just know about it. <laughs> All right? And just find your words. Just go pray about stuff like this. Uh, it will do you good. Amen. You need to change your vocabulary, family. Be sweet. Be nice. Don't be obnoxious, but learn how to change your vocabulary so that you're not receiving and you're not taking on things that people might be trying to push off on you. They're trying to be nice, all right? But, you know, be careful what doorways you open for the devil to come through. Amen. All right, getting back to this. So, <laughs> wow, where was I? So, what, can I just read this? I'm going to read this, all right? So, all the devil can do is try to attack you with tests and trials and tribulations in the hope that you will give up and say something contrary to what you prayed because from this point on, only you have, as I said before, the power to stop what you started. And why Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35, I want to go back to that. I want to read this to you again. Uh, 35 and 36 say, Therefore do not 
cast away your confidence. You get this now. He's saying, listen, when you've done it all, when you prayed, don't let the trials and tribulations and anything get in the way of it. He says, listen, he says, do not cast away your confidence. Don't cast away your faith. He says, which has great reward. Again, he says, for you have need of patience or endurance. This is when, you know, you're getting the trials coming at you and you just kind of go, no, I will not bow my knee to this thing. Do you get this? Okay, he's saying you have need of patience, endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, that you may, might receive the promise. It's on its way. You just need to hang in there. You need to grit your teeth, and you need to not allow anything that the devil does to dissuade you. Amen? Hallelujah. In fact, the New Living Translation, I really love this. It puts it this way. Again, I'm reading Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36. It says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Wow, isn't that beautiful? Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. He says, <laughs> I really like this. He says, no matter what happens, remember the great reward it brings you. No matter what happens, okay? Remember the great reward it brings you. You need to focus your mind on something. Don't overthink about what's going wrong. Think about what's, going, what's coming to you that is right. Hallelujah. Verse 36. And he says, patient endurance is what you need now. <laughs> And don't you love the way he puts it? He says, patient endurance is what you need now. Okay, all right. So you, this is what you need. So, that, so you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. I want you to notice that he says you need patience and patient endurance in order to continue to do God's will. That you just, you know, notice again I said continue. All right, because you've done it and you need to stay with it. Amen? And that because it says again, then you will receive all that he has promised. God is not slow and God is not, uh, God is not unfaithful. There's two negatives there, okay? I'm trying to say that God is faithful. And you need to know, you need to understand, and you need to be uh, sure about the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. And according to Jesus in John chapter 16, no, I need to say something else. What's unique about this kind of patient endurance is that unlike faith and hope that comes from knowledge and revelation of God's word, listen, this quality is developed in the midst of tests and trials and tri tribulations. All right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I still remember this person that came up to this uh, pastor and said, could you pray uh, that I have you know, patience and endurance? And he said, you don't want me to pray that? He said, the only thing I can pray on you is trials and tribulations because that's the only way that you are ever going to develop patience and endurance. He said, you want that? He goes, no, thank you. <laughs> I got enough problems already. He said, I didn't think so. <laughs> so, all right, understand understand something. That's the reason why, you know, you need to know that God doesn't send this stuff your way. It is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It is the thief that is always attacking you in every way possible. And understand something that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son so that he could be there for you. He could look after you. He could take care of you. Are you all with me? Amen. And then he's not going to put all this stuff on you after Jesus went to the cross for you. In fact, the reason you, know, you can receive so much from God in times like this is because Jesus went to the cross for you. Hallelujah. Know that a price has already been paid and you can receive from what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Praise God. People should uh, really preach more about the cross because such a great price was paid there and everything that we receive from God is based on that. Are you all with me? Amen. Hallelujah. So again, according to uh, Jesus in John 6.33, you know, this is not something that uh, we're, we're, we're never going to be uh, short of, all right? In fact, we're going to have plenty of it. He says in John 16, verse 33, he says, in the world, are you in the world? Put your hand up because you are, all right? <laughs> okay. 
He says, in the world, you will have tribulation. Oh, dear Lord, take that out of the Bible. <laughs> okay, no, it's there. Too late. It's already there, right? But I want you to know, he didn't stop there. He didn't, you know, thank God, you know. Jesus didn't say, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. Sorry about that. See you later. Bye. Okay, okay, didn't do that. He said, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. And who lives on the inside of you? He does. The person that overcame the world lives on the inside of you. In fact, that's what John uh, chapter, uh, excuse me, First John chapter 4 and verse uh, 4 talks about. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you. The one that overcame the world lives on the inside of you and is greater and is, is the one that will help you overcome. That's why First John chapter 5 verse 4 says that, you know, anything that is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Amen. We need to trust God. We need to trust who lives on the inside of us that we're going to come out victorious you know, whatever the situation is. Amen? A oh, look at that. <laughs> okay, I I'm almost out of time. Um, eh. All right, let me do an introduction to the next thing, and uh, I hope I don't regret this, uh, and then we'll, we'll stop there, and I'll come back and pick up there, okay? Just so I've got a little overlap, so when we come back, you'll go, oh yeah, we know where you're at. All right, we want to go to, I'll take you next time to Mark chapter 4, uh, and I'll go through verses 14 through 17. Let me read them to you, and then I'll close off at this point, okay? Um, <clears throat> in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, The sower sows the word. These are the ones by the wayside. I'm not going to put these scriptures up. There's a lot here to finish off. So, okay, they're not, they're not going to be on the bottom of your screen. It says, The sower sows the word. These are the ones by the wayside where the words are sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that has been sown in their hearts. Likewise, this is Mark 4 and verse 16. Likewise, these are the ones on, uh, sown on stony ground, who then hear the word, uh, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Verse 17, this is the one I want to bring your attention to. He says, and when they have no root in themselves and so uh, endure only for a time, afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. I want you to notice that persecution, tribulation, all of that, doesn't come to make you strong. It comes because you heard the word. It comes to take that out of you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That's why you need to have patience. When you hear the word and you receive the word and hope has begun to rise in, on the inside and faith begins to come. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When all that begins to happen, this, the enemy will attack you. And you need to understand that the attack is coming because you are now standing on the word, because it has a great recompense of reward, because you are going to become a testimony that, okay, will just glow and shine out and let everybody know that God is good. Hallelujah. And it's, <laughs> do you know what I'm trying to say? Amen. And the devil doesn't want that. He has spent too much time lying about God and he doesn't want you to come and mess all that up. So next time we come back, we'll pick up there and go from there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, that you help us to endure through all kinds of uh, tests and trials. And whatever the devil throws at us, we know it's coming from him, not from you. That's the first thing. And the second thing, Father, that we know because it's not coming from you, then we can receive help from you. That we can stand strong and we can believe and receive your help and your wisdom, and everything else to overcome these things in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we understand, Father, that at the end of all of this is a great reward, a great recompense of reward. And we just give you all the praise and the glory and the thanks so that in advance, in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. <laughs>